Hello to all you doinks out there, and welcome back to week three of our weekly sports podcast where we are going to recap NFL week five, talk about NFL week six, and talk about the MLB playoffs, which just got blown up. Oh yeah, it did. And we're also going to talk a little tiny bit about some NHL stuff. Because both of our teams, as of recording right now, are undefeated. And as of right now, both of our teams are playing each other. Let's go Avs. Let's go Bees. So, we're going to move right into our NFL Week 5 recap. Now, the night or the week started last Thursday when we were recording where it was a huge NFC West divisional matchup. My god, between Los Angeles and Seattle. And Seattle. And I'll tell you right now, Seattle has staked their claim. If there wasn't an undefeated team in that division, they'd be number one seed. They would be, they would be running away with this division because mm-hmm. now they have head-to-head wins against two teams in the division. They've beaten both Arizona, which is Arizona, yeah, and they've beaten Los Angeles, Los Angeles, which is a big win. And Los Angeles lost this game because of a missed field goal to end it. Yeah, but Russell Wilson right now is the favorite to win the MVP. He is I will carrying that, that right team. Now. Oh, my God. He is unbelievable. Did I not say that I have a lot of faith in the Seahawks this year? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. That is un- that that catch, that first touchdown pass is the yeah. catch of the year. Oh, yeah. Catch Already. Of the year. They, they showed some kind of like weird, um, you know how they do like next-gen stats? Yeah, and stuff AWS like that. next-gen stats. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I guess he ran for like 23 yards before making that throw. And he was running at a pace of like 13 miles an hour the entire time mm-hmm. to keep away from the defense. Yeah. That's incredible. He is. And there was all of about not .3 inches yeah. from being out of bounds yeah. on that catch. Unbelievable how he got both those feet down. Oh, my God. That what was a, Lockett, right? I believe that was Lockett. I believe that was Lockett. It's my boy Lockett. It's my boy Lockett. was on my fantasy team this week. But I'll tell you right now, looking over the rest of the week, that was the game of the week. Oh, yeah. That was the game of the week. 100%. It was so good. It was so good. Um, getting into Sunday, um, Jaguars 27, Panthers 34. Panthers get another win, and the Jaguars absolutely outgained the Panthers. But because of turnovers and because of the Offensive Player of the Year this year, the Offensive Player this year is going to be Christian McCaffrey because he is doing everything, yeah. everything yeah, for he those is. Panthers. He's rushing, he's catching. Yep. He's blocking. He's doing everything. They killed Minshew's mustache magic. It just it's 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 not over, but the Panthers definitely put a stop to it. And Dave knows himself about a mustache. I so. do know myself about a mustache. Um next game, two winless teams. Kyler Murray Kyler gets Murray his gets his first, first win. win. Not only does he get his first win, but Cliff Kinsberg gets his first win as the head coach as well. There which you is go. big. Um last second field goal. I, I, you need a clutch kicker in this league, and the Patriots kind of showed that with what's been going on with Gostowski. Yeah, you need a guy who can step up and just drill a kick when it needs to happen when time's running out. And the Cardinals got that this week. They get their first win. They get off that undefeat, that unwinnable Schneid, and you know I don't know what this does for them going forward, but it's just nice that Murray's getting his first win. It's yeah. nice that Kingsburg gets his first win. Yeah. So let's see where that goes. Talk about a team that you were wrong about. 
Yeah. The Atlanta I had Falcons. I had a real good feeling about Atlanta going into the season. 50 burger and they got smacked around. Dude, th- that defense by is Swiss Houston cheese. Texans. That defense is Swiss cheese. And I don't know what's wrong with that defense. Dude, <coughs> this is not back, this let, is not the Falcons from 3 years ago. Let's go back to 28 to 3. Yeah. Okay. That defense 28 to 3, they've never been the same defense since then. No. Have not. They, if they were able to hold on and win that game, they, I don't think they'd be in the picture they are right now. No, no. What is going? They have so much talent on that defense. Deion Jones, Keanu Neal. What is going on with that team? It is awful. Fifty points. They gave up fifty-three points to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson had five touchdown passes. Will Fuller, I think, had three touchdown catches. Was anybody covering him? No. What, what was going on? They're giving up over 30 points a game. The only team who's given up more points per game than them is the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins are 0-4. They're awful. The The Falcons are awful. This was their division this year. To win. With the talent on that team, with the fact that Cam Newton is out, with the fact that um Drew Brees is out, and you have Tampa Bay being Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is showing... So much gumption this year. So much gumption. Jameis Winston is not going out there and he's not going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback. But he has shown improvement from where he was a couple of years ago to where he is right now. I just I just don't get it. I don't get it how you have that talent. You have Julio Jones. You have Calvin Ridley. You have um, Devontae Freeman. You have Matt Ryan. You're putting up points. You put up 32 points against Houston. That defense, with the talent that they have, Grady Jarrett, yeah. Keon O'Neal, Deion Jones, should not be giving up 53 points and averaging over 30 points a game against. It's pathetic. It is absolutely pathetic. Saints and Bucks. Saints win 31-24. Teddy Bridgewater is keeping these Saints going. He threw four touchdown passes this week. Yeah, Teddy B... When when Breeze went out with that thumb injury, and he's going to be out for, I think, another two or three weeks, I thought, Saints are done. I thought the Saints were going to do as good as the amount of time Breeze is in. Teddy Bridgewater has shut me up. You know what? I didn't remember this. <coughs> Teddy Bridgewater lost his job because of an injury in Minnesota. Really, he didn't lose it because of... No, not because of talent, because of an injury. He was hurt. He's proven why he's a starting quarterback in this league. He should be a starting quarterback in this league. He's keeping this team afloat while while your Hall of Fame quarterback is nursing, is coming back from a major injury to his throwing hand. A thumb injury is no joke. It's what grips the ball. It's what allows him to release the ball the way he does. Teddy Bridgewater is keeping this team going. And next week... Not week six, but week seven. You have, I believe it's Bears-Saints. That's going to be a lot more of an interesting game now with how well the Saints are playing under Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's crazy because I did not see the Saints doing this with all their weapons. They still have all the weapons that they have. They have Alvin Kamara. They have Michael Thompson, Thomas. I did not think Bridgewater was going to continue to do this, and he's shutting me up because 
I don't know if it's good coaching. You know, I didn't include him in my top seven coaches. I'm wrong. I, I, I didn't even think about it. But um, the guy from New Orleans, what's his name? I can't think of it right now. I can't remember. Hold on. Um, look it up. Sean Payton. There yes. it is. Sean, Sean Payton. Payton. Yeah. Um, he's he, he's a top five coach. I stupidly just started running off coaches who are part of the, the Andy Reid tree. You know, I talked about Nagy and I talked about Peterson. I'm wrong. Sean Payton belongs in that conversation. Yeah, he does. He does. He and he's from the Bill Parcells tree, so technically mm-hmm. he's from the same tree as Bill Belichick. So that's one of those things where Sean Payton deserves a lot of credit for keeping this team moving, with with the fact that his Hall of Fame quarterback is not on the field right now. Giants get smoked twenty-eight to ten. I mean, the Giants look sad this year. Yeah, but you know what's even sadder. <clears throat> Is that everyone's all of a sudden back on this Kirk Cousins bandwagon? He beat up on a bad team, which is yeah. all Kirk Cousins ever done. Every, I mean, Thielen comes out and talks last week. What happens? He gets fed the ball this week. Seven receptions, two touchdowns, 130 yards. But, I mean, come on. Kirk Cousins hasn't revived anything. And it's going to show this week when he faces Philly. He's going up against a winning team. Yeah. And it's going to show because. He doesn't beat teams with winning records who are playoff caliber. Yeah, we're three and two. I believe we're on the road this week, which road games are always tough, and specifically road games in Minnesota, Minnesota are tough. But I think Wentz is starting to get back into form. I think that win last week against New York and the win over uh, who do we beat? It was a big game. I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to remember who we won to become 2-2. Two and two. It's not the Rams. It wasn't the Rams. I'm sorry, I don't know the Eagles schedule. Yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm trying to remember it. I can't quite remember. But we're, we're starting to finally get into, uh, into, form. into form. Hold on. Yeah, because oh. you guys were coming off the Falcons' loss. I'm a bad Eagles fan. Um... The Packers. That's right. That was a big game. That, that was, was a Thursday. Huge... Wasn't that a Thursday game? That was a Thursday game. Yeah, come on, dude. Be a, yeah. Be a fan. <laughs> Listen. Um, yeah, that huge win to make us two and two. I thought for saved sure we were gonna that saved our season. Yeah. You can never talk um, too early. You know, you always talk about must wins. And then we'll get to it later, but we smacked up on New York last week. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's it's gonna be tough, but it, it's gonna be a really solid game. In Minnesota, yeah, it is. It is. Um, it, it it's almost like the flip side. We were saying that the Packers game for the Eagles was a must win. This is a must. This win is a for must Minnesota. win for Minnesota because it ne- they need to show, and Kirk Cousins needs to show that he is a winning quarterback against winning competition. Yeah, this is a big I mean, NFC game. Yeah, we're kind of jumping ahead to our Week Six stuff, but. It's a huge NFC game, especially for Minnesota. A, Minnesota, but B, how everything's going to shake out once you start talking wild card at the end of this quarter. Exactly. Because Minnesota's always in the com- uh, conversation, and so is Philadelphia. Yes, they if are. Philadelphia is not on top of the NFC East, they're in the wild card talking yeah. no matter what. And they're back on top of the NFC East because yeah. they're 3-2 and two and the Cowboys are 3-2 and because we're going to get to the Cowboys game in a little bit. Um, the London game, Bears lose 21-24. They had no business being in this game. As a Bears fan, they had no business being in this game. It took a botched um, toss for them to be in scoring position for their first score. 
um, then, you know, Chase Daniels just kept locking on to Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson's an unbelievable wide receiver. He doesn't get any kind of attention that he should. I know he's coming back from an um, an AC, ACL injury from a couple of years ago, and he wasn't really being utilized 100% last year. But, man, he he makes plays. That toe tap in the corner of the end zone for the second touchdown yeah. that, that, um, that put them up, you know, for the lead, unbelievable play by him. Um, but, man, the, the Bears were dominated in the trenches in this game. I went back and I watched the All-22 of this game. Kyle Long needs to get off the field. I love Kyle Long. I really do. But I'm going to tell you something right now. He needs to He needs to get off the field. He is not 100%. He is getting run over. And I'll tell you something right now. If Kyle Long is still in the starting lineup when we go to Philly, um, I'll get my henna tattoo because I already know what's going to happen. Fletcher Cox is going to own Kyle Long in that game. Kyle Long has no business being on the field right now. He's not He's not clearing out when it comes to run blocking. And in pass protection, man, he is a liability. Yeah, and, and as we were talking about, the, the Eagles getting, getting back into form, um, as of right now, Fletcher Cox has zero sacks. I know. So if he starts getting himself back into form, he's going to eat Trubisky up. Yeah, he's oh. gonna eat Chase Daniels up. No, he whoever's is. because the starter at the time. The, he's he's just gonna push Kyle Long into the in, into into uh, the quarterback's lap, and that's what happened to Kyle Long a couple times on on the awful interception that Chase Daniels threw. <laughs> if you go back and you watch the All Twenty Two, bad throw by Chase Daniels. If if the linebacker didn't intercept it, the corner was going to because he was underneath the route. But Long was being pushed back by the defensive tackle into Chase Daniels. Like Chase Daniels had no pocket to step up in. It, it, it's it's awful. The thing that really came out to me in this, Josh Jacobs, the kid who the Raiders drafted with the pick that they received for Khalil Mack, went off in this game. Mm-hmm. Went off. He had 26 rushes, two touchdowns, 123 yards. And he also had three receptions for another 20 yards. So he basically almost had 150 yards all-purpose on 29 touches. Okay? The kid was all over the place. The Bears surrendered their first 20-yard rush plus this year to this guy. Okay, they haven't let one up all year. It was the first one they've let up all year. And the thing I noticed, again, watching the All-22 on the defensive side for the Chicago Bears, they were out of position. Communication was awful in this game. Roquan Smith was lost. He didn't know if he was supposed to be man coverage, zone coverage, or multiple times where running backs were getting open in the flat. They were his responsibility. It, it, it was just a mess. The team was a mess, and I personally think it had a lot to do with them coming in late into London. They flew into London on Thursday. The Raiders were there since Tuesday. It, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a bad play. I almost feel like if you get overseas, you need to get there early. You need to get yourself adjusted. It's just one of those things. And I don't even know if Roquan was he was ready to be back on the field. Um, but I don't think he was ready to be back on the field in London. No, maybe give him another week. Let Nick Kwiatkowski stay out there. He was having a great week. And the loss of Akeem Hicks early in the game hurt the Bears yeah. too. Definitely hurt the Bears. Um, on to your Eagles. 31-6, just demolished the Jets. Demolished them. Jets, it's normal for the Jets to be this bad. Yeah, but they're not. Are they really this bad? Are they really? I don't think so. Because Sam Donald's not playing. Yeah, the Jets are on, what, their third string now? Yeah. Nick Falk? Yeah. Third string? I mean, you're going to load the box against Le'Veon Bell. You're not going to let him do anything because you're not going to trust anybody to go over the top on your defense. I mean, the numbers for the Jets were garbage. Garbage in this game. 128 total yards. Josh Jacobs 
had more total yards against the Bears by himself. Than, You're not than that, the entire Jets than the offense. entire Jets offense, okay? Yeah. And they and they had three turnovers. Yeah, three turnovers, two of which ended up in touchdowns. Yeah, and I'll one tell you, one pick six and then one fumble strip. Nathan Nathan Jerry's interception. What a play! What a read! He read that the whole way. That interception in the flat, and he took it down the sideline. Yeah. Oh my god! Never heard of the guy before, but that is that was beautiful, beautiful play. Yeah, and the strip sack to yeah to take it for the, six. The, the Eagles dominated all three phases. If there was a game this week. Where it was just pure domination. It this, was it this was Philadelphia, was, New York. It was just pure domination. Um, Ravens Steelers went into overtime. Ravens win twenty six twenty three. Um, two big things that come out of this is Baltimore kept Pittsburgh in this game. Um, Pittsburgh shouldn't have been in this game. Too many penalties by Baltimore. Ninety two yards lost on penalties and three turnovers. But I'll yeah. t- go ahead. Our buddy Cody, um, Steelers fan. Yeah. So he. Uh, He's been struggling this season. Uh, we've been really busting his chops with the uh, with how the Steelers have been playing. They they performed in this game only because, as you were saying, as a Baltimore. Yeah. So if if they kept if they didn't get fed these interceptions, these penalties, they would have lost by a lot more. I'll tell you one penalty I I'm um really really mad about, and I am going to go on this for a couple of minutes. That's dirty. Earl Thomas, that was dirty. You put your helmet into that kid's chin. We talked about Montez Burfett last week. And yes, Earl Thomas is not a repeat offender. And yes, he reached out to the kid and apologized. But dude, he was out on the field. He was stiff as a board, eyes in the back of his head. They had to take him out on, you know, they had to take him off the field. He had to walk off the field because the cart for, for Pittsburgh was broken. So this kid's walking off with no face guard on his face because they want to make sure they check him out correctly. That was dirty, Earl Thomas. You led with the crown of your head. You should be suspended. Period. Not the jo- the the one we called out last week with um the one we called out last week with the Bills and the Patriots was a little bit different than this because the Patriots defender <laughs> didn't lead with his helmet. Um, what's his name from the Bills? Why well, can't I think of his name right now? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. He kind of lowered his head a little bit and kind of fell into the and fell into it. That's not what happened here. No, it's not what happened with Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas speared with the crown of his head and hit him underneath the chin. It it should have been a game misconduct. He should have been thrown out of the game for that. And should have been and, and he should, stripped for a couple of games. And at least one. At least one. It, 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 Earl Thomas is such a... It's a bad look. The last two things that I can remember Earl Thomas has done on the field is he broke his leg in Dallas last year and he threw the finger to, to his own sideline, to Pete Carroll and everybody in Seattle when he was being carted off the field. He threw everybody the bird and this play right here. Those are the last two things I can remember Earl Thomas doing on the field in the NFL that made any sense. Well, that was any kind of highlight. Because he, he hasn't done anything that, that even lives up to his Legion of Booms days with Richard Sherman. And there's another scumbag. Okay? What he had to say about Baker Mayfield, you heard about that on the news, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's another scumbag. Because that was a that's a real was a real bad thing to do to somebody saying that he didn't shake your hand in the in the greeting line for the coin toss and it's video proof of it. Who does that? The kid already had a bad game. You gotta really be that kind of a, a jerk to him. Come on. Really good game here, though. Bills-Titans. 
yes. surprised, man. I I, I thought mean, Tennessee was going to run away. With I this thought game. Ten- exactly, especially after Mariota yeah. last week. Yeah, the, the game put Ma- Buffalo's defense is for real. Oh yeah, Buffalo's defense is for real. You know, I, I'm going to stick with it right now. I think Buffalo's got a wild card. They, slot. I think so too. I mean, the rest of the AFC is kind of weak. You look at the South, um, and you look at the uh, West. I mean, I think only one teams are coming out of each of those divisions. So Buffalo has a real chance. Buffalo has a definitely has a real chance. Even the well, North is kind of weak. I mean, I think Miami might might make that make, make that comeback. Oof. Yeah, make that comeback for the number they, one. They're gonna beat Washington this week, and they're gonna they're gonna skyrocket. Wow, they're you gonna know, skyrocket to two and fourteen. Okay, when we get to the Washington um, Miami game, I have a little bit of news that you're gonna laugh about, and, and you doinks are gonna laugh about this as well. Okay, um, but yeah, Buffalo's defense is, is for real, and they battled in this game. They had a quarterback who wasn't 100. percent Josh Allen was definitely not 100. percent No, after that hit last after week. that hit last week, and they battled all week, uh, all game. Good drive at the end of the game in the fourth quarter to put them in position to win that game. Defense is third in points and third in yards allowed. They had there's two there are two defenses in the AFC East in the top three: the Patriots and the Bills. That's incredible. Those are, those are two stellar defenses. And speaking of the Patriots, and speaking of domination, 33 to seven over the Redskins. But that's what the Patriots do. They dominate weak opponents. They would there was no doubt in this game. Even when they were down seven six in the first quarter, bringing Mike Nugent and he misses his first PAT. That yeah, was, was real good. Yeah. Jesus. Um but there was never any question. There was never any question that Belichick was gonna get this all put together and that they were gonna go out and they were gonna win this game. Gruden's fired after the game. Yeah, and then Gruden ends up in Oakland under Josh Gruden. John. Under John Gruden, yeah. under his brother. Crazy. You know, just looking over the numbers for Jay Gruden in his career. So he's 0-5 this year. He's 35-49-1 in five-plus years. How did he make five-plus years? I, how many teams has he had in those five years? He's been on Washington the whole time. Really? That's it. How did he make five years with with those numbers? How did uh, that 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 team that that franchise with Daniel Snyder is awful? It's just awful. I think they've had one playoff appearance since Daniel Snyder's become the owner of that team. They had the worst free agency f- signing in of all time in NFL history. Albert Hainsworth. Yeah. Just watch a play where Albert Hainsworth gets blocked and he just lays down on the ground and he doesn't move. And anybody who wants to question that as the worst free agency signing. In NFL history, hit us up. But I'm telling you right now, Albert Hainsworth is number one, and it's not even close, guys. Not even close. Surprise this week, Chargers <laughs> lost to the Broncos. Yeah. Chargers lost to the Broncos. Vic Fangio gets his first win. Good for him. But Chargers' offense did not look good. Didn't score a single point on offense. Everything came off of special teams. You had um, two field goals and a punt return for a touchdown. And the offense did nothing. Nothing. It, what are you just trying to feed Melvin Gordon because he's in? How much longer does Rivers have? Oof, man. I'd give him two more years. Finish this year and then one more year, and then I think he's going to retire and go to either coaching or analyst. Coaching or analyst? No, the guy's just going to keep making babies. He's not going to do anything else. He's got like nine kids or something like that. It's crazy. <laughs> Did not know that. Yeah, he's got. On ridiculous. I think it's nine children. I think he has nine or ten children. He can almost field an entire offense or an entire defense. It's crazy. Look it up. I think it's nine or ten kids. I I, I might be... No, I'm definitely right. It's nine or ten children. 
Philip Rivers has nine children. Yes, yes. So that's all he's going to do when he retires. He's just going to make more babies. That's all he's going to do. All right. Philip Rivers' children are Gunnar Rivers, Grace Rivers, Hallie Rivers, Sarah Catherine Rivers, Rebecca Rivers, Caroline Rivers, Claire Rivers, Anna Rivers, and Peter Rivers. Man. <laughs> Yo, his family portrait is huge. It's an NFL team portrait. It literally is. Him, his wife, and nine children. Well... Um, as far as how much longer Philip Rivers has, if this is the team that they're going to field around him, two years. If they're going to try to build and give him one last true run, maybe build so this way that they can do something, I think it's going to be, um, five years. Really? Yeah. Does he have longer than Brady left? Of course. Of course. Brady's done after, after two more. Okay. Two the more old- years or two more rings? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. All right. If Brady wins a ring this year, it's another two years. If Brady keeps winning rings, he's going to wait until he fills both hands. He wants to be the Bill Russell of the NFL. He'll want, he wants 10 rings. He wants 10 rings. Um, Will he get there? I doubt it. I think he'll get... He has, I think he, he may has get six to right eight. now, right? Yeah, he's got six. I think he may get to eight. And then leave the two middle fingers without rings. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Right to Goodell. Have fun with that. Um, yeah. He's going but they have to build a team around him. That's a problem. He he has offensive talent. It's they, just, they can't survive he can't survive with the team they have around him right now. No. He can't. He can't. Speaking of a quarterback who couldn't survive with the team around him, but they've finally given him some you know, they've given him a defense. They've given him a running game. Green it's Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay wins 34-24. And the game wasn't even that close. It really wasn't even that close. I mean, Dallas just out outperformed Green Bay in this game. Outperformed. They had 563 yards to Green Bay's 335. But Dak Prescott sank them. Dackity three, Dak. Three interceptions. Dackity Dak. How soon... How soon before Dak starts getting called out the way Tony Romo used to get called out for his mistakes? How soon before his team turns? Like Terrell Owens turned on um, Tony Romo. To- well, not just Tony Romo, but Donovan McNabb. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say. So what are what are the Cowboys right now? Are they three and three two. two? Three and two. If they find themselves at three and four, <sighs> they're in trouble. Yeah. And then I think... Um, I think about all that money they just put Amari is going to kind of like be like, oh, come on, Dak. You've got to be doing better than this. Zeke's going to be like that. And they're going to start not trusting Dak. Buddy, they, they made a big mistake by investing all that money into the running back position. Yeah. Because essentially what you've said is that Zeke is the leader of this team, not mm-hmm. Dak. Zeke, okay. Like we said last week, you can get a pretty good running back late in the draft. Mm-hmm. Jordan Howard, okay, had another good game, not a Zeke level game. I'm not saying he ran for a hundred plus yards and he averaged five yards a carry and he had two touchdowns or anything like that, but he had another touchdown for Philly, sixty something yards, I think on thirteen carries. Okay, that averages out to. Just about five yards of carry. Just solid. Solid game. And again, 
He was drafted in the third round by the Chicago Bears in the same draft as Ezekiel Elliott. And Zeke is the only running back in the NFL who has had more rushing yards than Jordan Howard since those two guys were drafted. You do not need to pay your running backs big-time money because if you try to build your offense around a running back, it is going to fail. Considering if you're trying to build around a running back who can't catch and you get a passing quarterback or a play action quarterback then it works then it works because you can use a play action but the problem is is Zeke doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield and that was Jordan Howard's big hiccup in Chicago is he couldn't catch the ball out of the backfield that's why they had Tariq Cohen and that's why they had the people that they had but look at someone like Christian McCaffrey yeah okay the guy is a do-it-all you can line him up outside he can be a wide receiver you can hand him the ball. He can run between the tackles. He can take the ball. Use stretch plays to the outside. Tosses. Um, it, it's it, it's just one of those things where you cannot build your team like they were built in the '90s with giant offensive lines and running backs like your Emmett Smiths or your yeah. Thurman Thomas or anything like that. Big shock. Big shock. The Colts went over the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time in Mahomes' career he has not scored 20 points. Really? First time in his career he has not scored at least 20 points. I did not know that. Now, the Colts are really staying the thick of things. They're 3-2 and two now. They're tied atop their division for first. What's more impressive coming out of this game? Well, what's the bigger headline? Is it that the Chiefs are now 4-1 and one in a division that they're kind of running away <laughs> with? Okay. Or is it that the Colts, after Andrew Luck's retirement, are leading their division? I think it's the bigger the bigger headline or the bigger shock. Because the bigger shock is that Indy is three and two on top of the division. Because everyone has this preconceived notion about um, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs that, oh, they're going to make the playoffs. They're one of those teams that everyone's like, oh, they're going to make the playoffs. I didn't have them making the playoffs in my... my well, you're my, not normal. Thanks. I am off. But that's the, that's the doink way. Yes. So I think the normal, the casual football fan, the football watcher on the weekends but doesn't pay attention like we do, would put them in the conversation after their year last year. Okay. Pretty much guaranteed with New England. New England is someone everyone's going to always put in. Oh, of course. But so long have, as so long as Brady's in there. As long as Belichick, not Brady. True. I'm a Belichick. I'm a Belichick knock. As long as Belichick. Yeah, because there. when uh when Brady went out in the preseason, still brought him to nine and seven. Nine and seven. They were eleven it? and five. Oh, it was eleven and five. Eleven and five, and they didn't make the playoffs because the Dolphins won the tiebreaker that year. Yeah. I mean, I won't get into the history of Bill Belichick, but just remember what he did in Cleveland before Cleveland uprooted that team and moved them to Baltimore. Belichick is the greatest coach in NFL history. Could he have won Super Bowls without Brady? Definitely. Could he have won as many Super Bowls as he's done? No. Brady does have a little piece into this little machine, but Belichick is the mastermind behind everything. Belichick is the mastermind behind the Patriots. Yes, 100%. Um, but yeah, not to cut you off, 
like you were saying about um the Colts and this whole Andrew Luck thing, it definitely, definitely to me is the bigger headline. It's definitely the bigger headline. I mean, you have a guy who is a number one overall pick, up and retires just because he just physically can't do it anymore. And a Brady backup, Jacoby Brissett, is stepping up and is carrying this team. He's making yeah. it happen. He's making it happen. And it's good to see. It's good to see that. It's good to see a good talent who was just kind of traded away for almost nothing, you know, carrying a team now. And then a shout-out to Matt. Your 49ers, 31-3 to over the Browns. We already highlighted the whole Sherman thing. I already went off on my tangent there. But I will say this. The two things that came out of this game. Nick Bosa is for real. Yeah, yes. This was his revenge game against um Baker Mayfield for the whole flag thing at Ohio State. Yeah. This was which his... he which he pulled that sack celebration. Yes, he did. Well, he didn't get the sack Not the on sack, that the play. hit celebration. No, but it should have been a sack. His knee was down before he released the ball. Yeah. Uh, whatever, <laughs> semantics. But he pulled that off. And um as much as the 49ers were running all over the Browns in that game, as soon as Kyle Juszczyk went down their fullback, they couldn't run the ball anymore. They're a power-running team. Two yeah. tight ends or one tight end, a fullback, running back, and two wide receivers, or two tight ends, one wide receiver, a fullback, and a running back. As soon as Juszczyk went down, without that lead blocker, they weren't running the ball the same way. They definitely weren't. If Juszczyk's injury is serious, the 49ers' offensive running game will taper off. But Jimmy Garoppolo is for real. Yeah. That kid Again, is for real. another Brady backup. Yes. Yes. Now, I did want to highlight one thing before we move on to week six. Um, it was actually brought to my attention um, because everyone knows I'm a Bears fan. And everyone knows that Trubisky's dealing with a shoulder injury. Josh and Doinks, you're more than welcome to feed in on this. Would you rather have a quarterback with a bad wing or a bad foot like Patrick Mahomes has right now? And now remember, Trubisky's wing is his non-throwing wing. Mahomes is known and needs his feet to move around to make things happen. Now, that's where my argument comes in. If you have a quarterback that needs to move around in the pocket and run all these routes and everything. RPOs and stuff. Yeah. Then the bad foot is worse than the bad non-throwing arm. Okay. If you have a bad throwing arm, you're done. Oh, yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Well, but unless it, you're Drew Brees. Drew Brees came back from a bad from a yeah. bad wing. So. And he's probably going to this year. Oh, yeah. He's going to come back from a bad hand. Definitely. Yeah. So... But if you have someone, I'll put like this, a non-running quarterback like Brady, who kind of just drops back, plants, and sends, bad foot isn't, I w- it's not good, but it's not horrible. No. I think, to me, we're not talking talent level here. I'm not saying Trubisky's as talented as Mahomes because it's not true. Okay, Trubisky is a good quarterback. Mahomes is another world quarterback. But to me, it doesn't matter if you're a mobile quarterback or not a mobile quarterback. A bum foot really hampers you. It, yeah. It, it, if it's your back foot, it prevents you from pushing off. If it's your front foot, it prevents you from planting. I would take a bad wing all day. 
And I would even take a bad wing if it was your throwing arm versus a bad foot. Because your mechanics go completely out the window when you can't plant or push off. And that's the problem. And I'm afraid that's really going to affect Mahomes. A bad ankle is really going to affect him, in my opinion. Now, how bad of an injury is it? They said that he re-aggravated something from earlier this year. So, so it could be a couple of weeks to it could, a month. It could be one of these things that's just going to linger all year. And lingering injuries are always the worst. I would rather a guy just blow out his knee, be done for the year, and then come back next year. I don't like lingering injuries. I mean, you're talking... I'm going to go back to my Bears. Kyle Long has had hip problems all year. Okay, They didn't let him play in the Minnesota game. And how did they look in Minnesota versus Minnesota? Look fine. The offensive line looked fine. They had a backup in there. They looked fine. They weren't running over people. They weren't, you know, running power runs or, you know, making all kinds of crazy plays. But they also weren't getting bowled over. Yeah. As an offensive lineman with bad hips, it's not a good thing, my friends. It's not a good thing. My fellow doinks, you don't want that. Because he's just getting run over. He's getting abused. Abused by everybody who's just running and doing bull rushes against him. And we won't even talk about the left tackle, Charles Leno, who they just signed to a big contract. The guy's a turnstile right now. But I want to get off this topic, and I want to get to NFL Week 6, and I want to get to our predictions. Okay. So Let's run down the list. Let's run down the list. Carolina is at Tampa Bay. Carolina is 3-2. and two. Tampa Bay is coming in 2-3. and three. I took Tampa at home. Okay. I have Carolina. And I have Carolina just because Christian McCaffrey's all world. And I now, don't know I don't know who on Tampa's defense can match up one on one against Carolina against um Christian McCaffrey. Now if Christian's running, I can see them them taking out Tampa. But I don't think the quarterback, I'm not even sure who the quarterback for Carolina is right now. It's that kid from the commercial that used to say, hey, I'm warming up. I'm going to be your mom's next favorite quarterback. It's, 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 a, it's, a, okay. it's a meme, but I know what you're talking about. I don't know the kid's name either. Um, I don't think Nadamakan Sue is going to let him do anything. I think Nadamakan Sue is going to get three or four sacks, three and a half sacks. Okay. Last time you made that call, somebody didn't even get a single tackle in the game. Well... We'll see. Okay. I I think Ndamukong Nga- Sue had his big game this year. He had his come up game against, against LA. LA. Yeah. Because that was his revenge game. I think he could go off one more time, but okay. we'll we'll see. Well, okay. I have Carolina, you have Tampa, so this should be an interesting thing. 4 and 1 Seattle versus or at 2 and 3 Cleveland. I have Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, Seattle should go. Over. I have multiple players in in my fantasy league. I have Tyler Lockett, Chris uh Chris Carson, and I have the Seattle defense this week. So, come on, shut out and big points from you guys, please. Three and two Houston, who's tied with Indy on top of the uh, the AFC AFC South, South. at four and one Kansas City. I'm pretty sure I took KC in this game. I took. I'm taking KC as well because they're in Arrowhead. That's exactly why I. And I don't see KC losing two games in a row at Arrow at Arrowhead. I really don't. Unless Mahomes' foot gives is you, that bad is that bad, they should be they should be fine. Okay, game of the week. Zero and five Washington at zero and four Miami. Now, before you make your picks, I was at work today, and I get notifications from CBS Sports all the time. There is an article on CBS Sports where tickets for this game 
which they're calling Tank Bowl. You know, Matt told me about this are too. Are going for less than the price of admission to a local Miami zoo. I think I'd rather go to the zoo than watch <laughs> this game. Because this game so I is actually, going to be such a stinker. So I actually looked up the cost of tickets. Okay. Now, him and I are going to Chicago, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And nosebleeds for that go about 180 to $200. Yeah. Front row tickets 50 odd line. to this game at the 50. Like second or third row, $212. Nosebleeds, a Jefferson. Five bucks? No. No, that's a Lincoln. I'm sorry. Jefferson is a... 20. 20. Yeah. Wow. 20 bucks. Wow. I can't believe I messed up my presents that bad. I give my kids such a hard time I'm so that. happy I got that right. Wow. <laughs> God. No, wait a minute. It's not a Jefferson. Come on. It's not a Jefferson. It's a Jackson. Andrew Whatever. Jackson. Jefferson's on the $2 bill. That'd be even better if it was a two dollar bill. It's it's Washington, then Lincoln, then Hamilton, then Jackson, and that's how it goes. And then a Benji. Nope. No. CSS Grant. That uh, uh, Grant and then a Benji. Yes. And Benjamin's the only one who's not a president who's on a bill. Yeah. Oh well. Well, side. There's a tangent for you. So who you got in this game? I took Miami at home. I took Washington. Really? I took Washington. I think they're just going to be like, "Hey, Jay Gruden was the problem," and they're going to win a game. I think so. I I'd like to say that's how it goes, but I want Washington to lose because I want them even more in the pit of the NFC East. Oh man, no! They're gonna get their first one against Philly. Then if they don't win this game, they're gonna be Philly for their first. Game. I hope to God they don't, because that would be <laughs> embarrassing. Oh yeah. All right. Um, what actually might be the game of the week? Looking over this schedule. Oh, no, there's about three candidates. So there's three candidates for the game of the week. Philadelphia at 3-2 and two is at Minnesota, 3-2. and t- two. Of course I took Philly away, but I think there's a legit chance that they can win away. I took Philly away because there's no way Kirk Cousins does anything in this game. I, Absolutely nothing. Fletcher Cox gets two and a half sacks. Fletcher Cox doesn't get any sacks in this game. Kirk Cousins throws three picks. Kirk Cousins is... Awful. Awful, 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 awful. I would say two picks and then a fumble. Nope. Three picks. He is he he is awful. Any good defense just bottles him up. He he can't beat good teams. Everyone's all happy because him and Thielen hooked up this past week. He can't beat good teams. He's garbage, man. He's just go out and beat some real competition and change my opinion. I'm sorry. New Orleans, 4-1 is at Jacksonville, 2-3. and three. Minshew, Mustache Magic, does not get a win this week. What was, what was it again? I was reading the um, forward notes. New Orleans at 4-1 and one at Jacksonville. New Orleans. New Orleans is going to win. They're going to go 5-1. and one. The 0-5 Cincinnati Bengals go to the 3-2 and two Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. Eat them up. Yeah. Cincinnati has an argument for being one of the worst teams in the NFL right now. And they have... I think there's four over teams right now. Uh, let's see. You got Washington, Miami, Cincinnati, and New York, and the Jets. Yep, yep. Four over teams. Okay, one of the last two remaining undefeated teams, the San Francisco 49ers at four and zero, are visiting 
the LA Rams, who are three and two. Do the 49ers remain undefeated? Yes. I was going to say no because Darnold is going to eat Garoppolo up. Wow. Okay. And I told this directly to Matt's face at work today. Okay. That Darnold is going to eat Garoppolo up. I I told him, do I want to be your friend or do I want to be logical? Okay. I have San Francisco. I took San Francisco in this game. Another bond burner. The Atlanta Falcons at 1-4 and four are going to Arizona, who's 1-3-1. and one. I Does took, Kyla Murray get two in a row? I took Atlanta in I this took game. Arizona. Okay. I took Arizona in this game. I think Kyla Murray gets two in a row. Atlanta's just bad. Yeah. Atlanta's bad. And Kyla Murray can probably have a pretty good game. I see I see Fitzgerald going over 100 yards receiving in this game. David Johnson having a pretty good game. Atlanta's just bad on defense. Like we said before, a 50-burger against Houston. I mean, come on. Yeah. 2-3 Tennessee at 1-4 Denver. I have Tennessee. I, I, I think it's a bounce-back game for Mariota. I think I took Denver at home. I mean, it's not wrong to take Denver at home, but it's. I just, I don't know. I just don't. I don't. I'm not. You don't have a ton of faith. I don't have a ton of faith in Denver right now, especially with the fact that they're down a pass rusher. Yeah. So I, I, I'd like to see Mariota just kind of get back where he was two weeks ago, where I thought he was going, and then Buffalo just basically were a brick wall. They, mm-hmm. they, they totally stuffed him. Three and two Dallas at own four New York Jets. Three and four Dallas. Three and two Dallas, yeah. Me too. I have them going four and two, which really sets up nicely against Philly in the coming weeks. It's going to be very interesting because they're both going to be... Those that those games are going to matter a ton. Oh, yeah. One and four Pittsburgh at two and three Chargers. I think I have San Diego in this game. Yeah, you and me both, and it's LA. Oh, that's what the I meant. LA Chargers. Whatever. They're going to be the San Diego Chargers forever for me. Okay, so now we have... Week seven Argu- Thursday nope, game. Nope, not yet. No? Nope. Monday Night Football. What I have as the game of the week. I said it earlier, but this is the game of the week. Two one and one Detroit Lions are going to Green Bay, who's four and one. Green Bay. Detroit. You think Detroit is gonna upset Green Bay? Detroit is the most talented team top to bottom in the NFC North. And this is coming from a Bears fan. Look at that roster, guys. They're the most talented team. They have they have probably the second best quarterback in the division in Matthew Stafford. They probably have the second best running back in the division in Theo Riddick. They have some of the best wide receivers in that division. That defense, top just, to bottom. Just imagine where they'd be if Megatron didn't retire. I know. I know. It is scary. It is scary where they would be. But I am... Not jumping on Detroit's bandwagon because of the fact I'm a Chicago Bears fan, so I can't be on that bandwagon. But what I am saying is, this is a statement game for Detroit. Year in, year out, Detroit gets called out for having good Septembers and then falling apart towards the end of the season. This is their statement game. This is the game where they come out and they prove to everybody that we're not the laughing stock of the NFC North anymore. Now I'm going to be real honest. And this this may or may not just be bias, but they should be one, two, and one. They should also be all a four and oh. Yeah. 
a tie to Arizona. Yeah, they should have won that game. They should have won they that should've, game. They should be 2-2, two and two, in no, my opinion. That's just because of the fact that they beat they the Eagles. Sh- they had zero. But like I said, man, look over that roster next week. Next week, when we do this again, I hope you've looked over their roster, okay? Their roster top to bottom, 1 through 52, is the best roster in the NFC North. And that's a talented division. That's a very talented division. It's probably best division in the NFL. It is. It is. It's it, it's the best division in the NFL. All all four teams are over 500 right now. Yeah. 3-2, and 3-2, and 2-1-1, and 4-1. And and so, and now we're going to get to next week's Thursday game. Next week's Thursday game is the Chiefs at the Broncos. Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. So they'll be six and one. Six and one. With a a, a loss to a an up and coming Colts team that you and I both did not pick last week. No. No. I, I don't think anybody I think one person, and that is Matthew's wife. What? Picked Indianapolis. Yeah, doesn't in that she game. Just, doesn't she just pick by color or something like that? Don't no. She's I'm, like got that far pretty decent. I'm joking. I'm joking. So that is NFL. Yes. Let us move in to the MLB. The playoffs have been blown out of the water. Josh, I will. I'm eat, letting you take. I will eat my words, Nick. I will. I will bow down because if Houston can make it through, which it looks like they're going to. They have a chance of winning the whole thing because the uh, Los Angeles is out to the Washington Nationals. I'm gonna eat my words, and Dave, I'm pretty sure said this to me. Clayton Kershaw can't win the big one. Nope, nope. So I wasn't gonna start with the Dodgers and Nationals. I was actually gonna start with the Yankees and Twins. Oh yeah, throw them out of the water. I'm gonna go with the Dodgers and Nationals to start, just because this is where we're headed. I put three notes down here: addition by subtraction. Bryce Hopper leaves the Nationals to go to the Phillies. Nationals can never get out of the NLDS with Bryce Hopper. The first year he's gone, what do they do? They knock off the number one seed Dodgers, and they advance. After winning a wild card game, that was a classic, an all-time wild card classic where they came back. Yeah, they've won every elimination game so far this year. And I was really high on the Brewers. I really thought the Brewers were going to take out the Nats, and it was going to be Brewers Dodgers. And then I would have been able to say, "Eh, okay, I could see the Brewers beating the Dodgers." When the Nats came out of it, I was like, "Not a chance." And I ate my words. No, no, and it's just one of those things, man. It. Addition by subtraction. You didn't need him in your lineup. You didn't need him on your team. And look what you got. Look what they've done. Look what they've done. And then there's the Phillies who are eating their words. They thought getting Bryce Harper was made going to make them NL East champions. Yeah. Two teams made it out of the NL East this year. Two teams. The Nationals and the Braves. Mm-hmm. And Where are the Phillies? Fourth in that division. Yeah. They, they were behind the Mets. Okay. Which is tough to be behind the Mets. Second note from this. Steven Strasburg came in the same draft as Mike Trout. I'm not sure if we've mentioned that before or if I've no, mentioned that before. No, I don't think we have. Okay, they came in the same draft. Strasburg was taken number one overall. I believe Trout was 23 or 24. 
Strasburg showed why he was a number one overall pick. Okay. Do you know what his career playoff ERA was going into last night? No. 0.28 in four games. Wow. In four starts, 0.28. Wow. Okay. Now, he didn't have that type of game yesterday. Six innings uh, of one run ball. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not six innings of one run ball. Um, That was Bueller. Uh, Strasburg gave up three runs over the course of six innings. Bueller kept the Dodgers in this game. Six and a third innings of one run ball. Clayton Kershaw came out and gave up two runs to let the game get tied. Kershaw let the Dodgers down. Yeah. I actually just saw, before we started recording this, on Bleacher, a, f- a video of a fan rushing down the stairs of Dodger Stadium, ripping his Kershaw jersey off, throwing it onto the field, and rushing out. After the after the Dodgers tied it up, or after the Dodgers let up the tie, yeah, gave up the third run. Kershaw, dude, I don't know what it is. Maybe he has a Kirk Cousins syndrome. Can't win the big one. Big spots just doesn't show up. Uh, two years ago, lost to the Cubbies in the NL Championship. Last year, lost in the World Series to the Red Sox. This year, lost to the Nats in the NLDS. Yep. And he gave up the two runs that tied the game. But do you know who gave up the four runs to lose the game? Good old Boston Red Sox castaway, Joe Kelly, takes the loss. Oh, really? Yes. Joe Kelly gave up four runs in the top of the 10th. Boston Red Sox castaway, your boys. Thought he'd be going to... We got rid of him. Thought he'd be going to the Dodgers to get another World Series. We got rid of him. So... We'll go back over the other two series in the MLB playoffs. Uh, Yankees, it was a sweep, um, and it was which, pr- it was which pretty, I think everybody could have seen. It that was coming. pretty handed too. Uh, 8 to two, and five to one. The thing that really was missing in this series is Minnesota's power in this series. They hit the most home runs all time by a single team in Major League Baseball history for a single season. No power in this series whatsoever. And they, I know, I know they just re-upped um, Nelson Cruz for another season. Yeah. Who, who had a really good year, thirty-one home runs, I think, one hundred and eight RBIs, batted like just over, just under, or just over three hundred. Good season for him. Um, but they had no power in this lo- in in this uh, series, and you could just see the talent gap yeah. between these two teams. You could just see the difference between a team like the Yankees, who has all this money and has all this talent, and then a team like the Twins, who's a smaller market team, who puts together. A good team, but just talent for talent, they just don't stack up. And then um, what I thought was probably the most entertaining series outside of the series that's being finished tonight, which is Houston and Tampa. The Cardinals and Braves went the full five. Three of the five games were determined by one run. The other game was a 3-0 shutout. And then game five was 13-1 Cardinals. Which... Be it. I love the cards. Um, I have family out in Indiana, so they're cards fans. Okay. So I'm kind of pulling for them a little bit. Uh, now that the Dodgers are out, I'm really pulling for them because I thought if it was going to be cards, Dodgers, it's going to be a solid series. Well, I think I think Cardinals Nationals, Nationals is going to be a solid series too. I think too. it's going to be a very good series. And then obviously, like we were saying, we're recording tonight, Game Five, Houston versus Tampa. So Bay. I will actually break in right now. 
The game is not over, but it's going into the ninth inning. And it's over. Top of the ninth inning. It's pretty much over. Because it's 6-1 to one, Houston. Yeah. Game's over. In man. Houston. Yeah. Unless they can rally for five. It's not going to happen. Tampa's out. Yeah. Now, I did want to pose a question. Um, and Shoot. I'll pose it to all the doinks. Josh doesn't have to answer this. I want this to be answered by the doinks. Comments. Posts. All right. I'm going to give you guys my opinion, and we'll leave it at that. Justin Verlander asking for the ball on three days rest in game four. Selfish? I don't think so. He is your ace. If he asks you for the ball, you give him the ball. Justin Verlander is a very smart baseball player. I've heard people calling him selfish for making that decision. He's not selfish. He's smart. Yeah, he wanted to get the glory. He wanted to get the the final victory, final nail in the coffin for Tampa Bay. But he also realized he had Garrett Cole behind him on full rest to protect this team like he did tonight. So no, Justin Verlander was not selfish for doing this. Justin Verlander wanted to go out and prove a point. Now, he didn't prove that point. But he also didn't get blown out of the park. He gave up three runs. Houston just didn't score. It's simple as that. What did they do tonight? They put up six. Yeah, Garrett Cole only gave up one. But that's the problem when you have three number ones on your roster. You have three number ones in that team. Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and good old Zach Granke. It allows you to take these types of risks. And when your number one walks up to you as a head coach and says, give me the ball tonight, I want to go out there. I want to see if I can close this series out. You do it. So it's not selfish. If anybody else argues with me, go right ahead. Give me all your feedback. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what feeds us. So before we take off for the night, I uh, want to break into a little bit of NHL news. As of right now, our two favorite NHL teams are facing off. So current score update. Um, right now, it's 2-1 to one, Bruins against the Avalanche. Now, we are both uh, big NFL fans, uh, NHL fans. Um, and both of our teams currently are undefeated. We are 3-0, and and you are 2-0, and as of right now, before the game ends. Now, in the le- end of the last game for the Bruins, Tuca needed help off the, uh, off the ice. And we were talking last week about how Tuca is, would be a really good bookends goalkeeper if we could pick up we, as in the Bruins, could pick up a second goaltender. Do you think it's time they start looking? No, they have him on the roster. Oh, they do? Halak. Okay. I like Halak. I really like Halak. But are they using him bookends? Right now, I mean, Halak has to play. Halak had a shutout in his last start. The Bruins won their last game with Halak. What, one nothing, 2 nothing? I think it was? Okay. He's right now... Just so we're giving you up to the up to the second stats, and I know this is going to be coming out a few days later, but as of right now at 10.18 p.m. on Thursday, Halak has faced 16 shots. He's only given up one goal. Okay, He's been on the ice the entire game, 26 minutes and 19 seconds. It's a 9.38 save percentage. If you look at the other side, which is Colorado, the one weakness, I think, in that team is a goaltender, is a goaltender Grubauer. Okay? Grubauer's faced 19 shots. He's given up two goals for an 895 save percentage. 
It's not a bad save percentage, but Halak is is your solution. He really is. He and do you will, think he takes more of the reins than not this year? Tuka, but next no. year. Yes, with a healthy Tuka Rask, you have to put Tuka in net. Tuka is the better of the two goaltenders, but Halak is no slouch. Halak can definitely carry this team in a short period of time if that's what he's needed for. Do, um, do I feel like maybe you'll need to get another goaltender if Tuka's injury is serious? Yes, I definitely feel because Halak's not going to play every game. He can't do that. He will break down. Yeah, but that's what happens to that's what happened to Tuka a few years ago was that he played too many games and he wore down. Now he has this guy who can give him a breather from time to time, and it allows him to stay fresh. And that's what I'd like to. That's what I'd like to see out of the Bruins. I'd like him to see him using Halak and um, Tuka as almost a uh, sixty forty split. Yeah, like a like a almost like a bookends kind of thing. Correct. So right now I am just quickly looking up the NHL standings, just so I can kind of know where everyone's sitting right now. Um, so right now on top of the Atlantic is the Buffalo Sabers, who are three. And got an overtime loss at one. Um, so they have seven points right now. But that is before the Bruins game ends tonight. Um, Senators sitting at the bottom of that pack. But the team I'm really looking for right now. Because I want to know where they're sitting. Is where's the Blues? The Blues are still at the top of the Central. Now, do you think the Blues can keep it up? And be another playoff team again? Well, that Central Division's tough. Go over the teams in that Central Division real quick. St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche, Nashville Preds, Winnipeg Jets, Dallas Stars, Chicago Blackhawks, Minnesota Wild. Okay. The Wild are not going to be that bad all year. They're they're always going to contend. The Jets showed a lot last year. I think the Blackhawks are at the end of their run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can say that. They're three main stars. Keith, Taves, and... um, Jonathan Taves and come on, hold on. I'm looking. I feel so bad for not remembering this, guys. It's also 10:20 at night, so my brain's kind of mush right now. Kane, there, Patrick Kane. Okay, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, and Keith. That team has had those guys there forever. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I think they're at the end of their run in Chicago. Um. But that central division is tight, especially with a young team like Colorado. If Colorado gets goalie play, Colorado's going to win that. Yeah. They're going to win that. They're going to... I mean, we'll see what happens tonight after this game, and we will see what happens when we go to Boston later this year and catch the uh, catch the Avalanche Bruins game yeah. in person. We're going we're gonna to try and go to uh, that game. Yeah. JJ, I, I, I got your message. We will, we will try to make this happen. So... You you do have the invite. I will send you the link if we get the tickets for the game. Yes, sir. So, um, but yeah, the Blues are an interesting thing. I I would like to see where they're going to be at the end of the year. But that Central Division is going to be a battle, battle all season. And and we're only three or four games into this ser- yeah. season. Yeah. So we have a long way to go. Yeah, you can't tell a team uh, schedule. And Tie game two yeah. two. Just tied it up. So who knows? It could end up in a, in a tie game. Yeah, shootouts. Well, guys, listen. We've dragged this on a little bit long tonight. We've went over a lot of stuff. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for being a doink. 
Josh, anything to add? No, uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Um, of course, down in the description, we have our Mike Fires beard challenge that is still going on. We are still waiting um, to work on that. Um, it may not come to fruition, but we might try and run it back next se- uh, next season if the MLB season ends before this. We might kind of run it back a little bit then, but we'll see. Um, and also, we also have our social medias. We have our Facebook, Instagram, and our Twitter accounts linked down below. Twitter has been quite inactive because I've been busy, so I haven't really been able to touch it a ton. But I'm going to try and start coming out with some of that stuff. Facebook and Instagram, we've still been put, putting out the uh, uh, highlights and all that yeah. such. So uh, I want to thank you all so much for coming out, coming to listen. And thank you for being a doink. Doinks out.